You're now listening to The Architect Introspect, The Architect's official radio broadcast. My name is AJ Schaff, and this episode of The Architect Introspect marks the end of yet another school year. And what a year it has been. With the loss of Jerry Charles Young I, the upcoming replacement of Jerry Charles Young II due to health conditions, the demolishing of Young Ballroom, and the replacement of much of our staff here at The Architect marks the end of an era for Arkansas Tech. But with that comes the beginning of a new one. With the new student union being built and next semester lining up to be one of our biggest semesters yet. With the architect being full of new staff members, the beginning of the construction for the new student union, and hopefully the replacement for Jerry Charles Young II in place, it's going to be an interesting fall semester. But before we get there, I think it's important that we look at the last paper for the spring semester. So without further ado, let's get into the introduction from our new editors. This story will be read by me. From the perspective of Madison Starks. Hi, I am Madison Starks. I am a junior majoring in English and minoring in journalism. I am also the incoming co-editor of The Architect. I hope to continue the esteemed legacy of the newspaper and continue pushing it forward like the editors that have led before us. First, I want to thank Tommy Mummert for his support and consideration of the two of us for this position. I would not be where I am today in the journalism field without his guidance and belief in me and my abilities. I would also like to thank Tara Espinoza and Jonan Mitchell for their help and encouragement for the last three weeks. As a co-editor, I am eager to engage the students at our university. I want them to be interested, engaged, and excited while reading our paper. My goal for this paper is to tell the whole truth to the students at Tech. As an editor, I am aiming for complete honesty and trust within our student body. I am excited for this opportunity and eager to get started working with the amazing architect staff and my co-editor, Ellie Stone. It is going to be a great year. From the perspective of Ellie Stone. My name is Ellie Stone, an emergency management major and journalism minor from Prairie Grove, Arkansas. I'm a junior heading into my senior year. When I came to Tech, I was undeclared and clueless. To find some direction, I took intro courses in a variety of subject areas. One of those courses I took was in journalism, and I loved it. I got involved and found that not only did I like it, but I was good at it. I have high hopes for the architect and my time as co-editor. I want this paper to be one that every student on campus is reading. I want to grow our presence on campus. I know that every editor here has added things to improve it and make it their own, and I hope to do the same. Not only do I hope for the paper to grow, but I hope for students' involvement with the paper to grow. I want to encourage all participation, regardless of a student's major or previous experience writing. I am excited for this opportunity to be a co-editor for The Architect. Madison Starks and I will do our best to serve tech well. 
As radio manager, I would like to welcome Ellie and Madison to The Architect, and I look forward to working with them. Our next story comes from Editor-in-Chief Tara Espinosa and covers the upcoming Out of Darkness Suicide Prevention Walk. This story will be read by me. Tech will host its 2023 Out of Darkness Suicide Prevention Walk on April 15th. The event has been active since 2014 and has raised funds throughout the years for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Quote, Tech's involvement started as a project of Tanya Oates, Christy Davis, Wellness Center Director, said. Quote, she approached us and asked if we would like to join her in the walk, and since then, I've been co-chairing the event, and we have always held it on campus in hopes of reaching the student body and the community. End quote. The newest research shows that one in three students meet the criteria to be diagnosed with a mental health disorder, and that suicide is the second leading cause of death among college-age individuals. Quote, this academic year so far, there have been 429 students who reached out to our counseling services and 195 who have seen our nurse practitioners on campus for assistance with mental health, Davis said. Health and Wellness hosts many events and offers students various resources. Some of their newest programs include peer health advocates, fitness groups, and support groups. Quote, we want students to know that they are not alone in their struggles and that resources are available, Davis said. Quote, I encourage everyone to attend the event and give their support, end quote. For more information about the Health and Wellness Center and what's available, visit their website at www.atu.edu hwc or their social media accounts. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, help is available. Call the suicide hotline at 988 to speak with a trained counselor. You are not alone. For more information on any of the news you've heard in today's broadcast, please visit our website at architectnews.com. Moreover, if you're listening on Spotify, you can rewind and re-listen, so make sure to go check out our Spotify at The Architect Introspect. Our next piece is a official goodbye from our webmaster, Avery Hera, who has done an awesome job revitalizing and updating our website. We're going to miss you. But without further ado, let's let Avery take it away. When I got on the architect team as the webmaster, I didn't know what to expect. If anything, I'd have thought I might do what we computer science majors usually do. Sit silently in the background helping things run while the real work is done by the people around me. While that may in essence be what I did, the people at the Architect team haven't let it feel that way. I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of super cool people. Especially notable are Jonan Mitchell, Tara Espinoza, and Brooklyn Russell who have kept the weekly work from being a weekly grind. In addition to the people, working on the website has been well worth the hours spent. Since I began working two years ago, we've seen web viewership over double. I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish with everyone's support, and I look forward to seeing how my successors build upon what I've started. Most enjoyable of all, though, are the things I never expected to end up doing. I'm not much of a writer, but my favorite experience here was co-authoring an article with Jonan about how underrated spears are in modern media. 
Nothing beats dragging your roommate into the newsroom at midnight with a Nerf sword and homemade spear for a last-minute cinematic photo. I'm super happy that I joined the architect team. It's a decision I'd never take back, and I'll miss being a part of it. Bon voyage. As if that's not enough, our next piece is an official goodbye from our awesome editorial writer, Trinity Lisk. This piece will be read by me. From the perspective of Trinity Lisk. My name is Trinity Lisk, and I have written for The Architect all three years that I have been in college. For the last year and a half, I have written the editorial each week. I wrote various opinions and occasional news stories. I am not a journalism major or minor. I will be graduating in May with a bachelor's in international studies. However, I have always loved writing. I came to tech in 2020 at the height of COVID-19. Making friends was incredibly hard, and there were a lot less student organizations that were active on campus during the pandemic. When I saw the newspaper was looking for more members, I jumped at the opportunity. My time with The Architect has been nothing but great. While members have come and gone over the years, we have always worked as a team. We faced challenges at times, but the editors were always encouraging and put their best foot forward. They also never stifled my opinions or what I wanted to say, which I think is important for a newspaper. As well as camaraderie, writing for The Architect has also provided me with valuable work experience. Formal writing is a part of many jobs, not just journalism. The Architect has been a great outlet for me to practice and improve my skills. Having a portfolio of published work is also a valuable asset. The Architect team has always encouraged me to do my best, and I have even earned a few awards for my writing along the way. All in all, I enjoyed my time with The Architect. I think it is a great organization to join that provides a lot of opportunity without a lot of pressure or costs. I would encourage anyone to join, no matter what your background is. As if that's not enough, our next piece is an official goodbye from our awesome layout designer, Brooklyn Russell. This piece will also be read by me. From the perspective of Brooklyn Russell. When I transferred to Arkansas Tech last spring, I saw a poster in Witherspoon advertising the architect. Although the poster made me very excited to apply, I anxiously procrastinated doing so until March. At my very first staff meeting, I was welcomed with open arms and my anxiety eased swiftly. By the time I left, I already felt like part of the family. Over the past year, I have spent countless hours piecing together each paper alongside Avery Hera, Tara Espinoza, and Jonan Mitchell. Each week, I was challenged creatively to design a new layout that incorporated the unique events happening on campus. Both the challenge of the work and the people I worked alongside have made The Architect a special time in my college career. I loved working for The Architect, and my only regret is that I didn't apply sooner. I will cherish the memories and friends made along the way forever. While I am very excited to see our awesome staff members graduating and going out into the world to pursue their careers, it is also very sad to know that they're leaving the architect. 
However, to lighten the mood, I think it's time we move on to our opinions, which our first one is by editor Jonan Mitchell and claims that Jaws is a Western. This story will be read by me. What does the briny sea in the dusty western badlands have in common? No, this is not the beginning of a bad joke. Rather, it is the beginning of a hot take. Jaws can be categorized as a western. Now, you're probably thinking, no way, it is missing all of the important western aspects. After all, Jaws features no cowboy hats, no boots, no high noon showdowns, no frontier town under duress, and no nameless racist caricatures for the hero and the posse to slay. Well, if one reframes their mind, we will see that Jaws does indeed feature all of these things, minus the cowboy hats, sadly. Especially if there are small spins on the classic frontier western myth. Barring switching the American desert to the ocean, we see a posse of heroes entering their, quote, covered wagon ship named the Orca to combat the heathen shark who is threatening the settler's way, not allowing the beach to be opened up in their town, ironically named Amity. This idea is integral for the movie to function. The Western myth is alive and well. This idea is synonymous with classic Western heroes showing up to a town in need on a white horse. While the New York native Chief Brody is not as mysterious and well-respected as the Western hero, the myth still applies, with the man still having pull within the town. In fact, the only man who seems to undermine his authority is the mayor of the town, which could be seen as an antagonist anyway. There is another important Western theme at play too with the idea of the frontier boundary being broken by the antagonist. This trope is made manifest by the shark invading the inland pond. This is a place that the townspeople assumed to be safe, but it was not, resulting in the death of an innocent settler. The situation also galvanized Chief Brody, who made it his mission to take down the shark, no matter the cost. It is also important to take note that Chief Brody is a resident of the town, although he still applies as an outsider. In typical Western mythos, the hero does not live in the town they are out to serve. This will come into play later. The chief is also rife with flaws. For instance, Brody is scared of the water. He is seen as generally timid and soft-spoken as well. While he may have these issues, something not typically reserved from heroes of this genre, he still fits the archetype very blatantly, wearing his khaki uniform and brimmed hat proudly, and inspiring reverence within the town, despite his fears. The police chief protagonist can very much be seen as the noble protector of his township. The showdown at the end between the chief and the antagonist is reminiscent of the classic High Noon Showdown as well, with the battle ending in a well-placed round ending the antagonist's life in a dramatic display of victory for the hero. The movie closes with the chief and his crony, a scientist who aids him, riding into the horizon on the floating shipwreck that once was the protective covered wagon that served them for a time upon the frontier. Despite the crashing waves and salty fishermen, Jaws could certainly be defined as a western thanks to the motifs presented throughout the entire film. 
it's been a while since I've seen Jaws, but I think with this new perspective, it might be fun to go and rewatch it. But with that, it's time to move on to our sports section with sports editor Olivia Orr covering the Golden Suns bringing home two wins. This story will be read by me. The Golden Suns softball team went on a three-game streak against Southern Arkansas and brought home two wins. Their first game on April 8th started slow, with both teams neglecting to put a run on the board for two innings. Southern Arkansas managed to bring two runners home in the third inning, giving them a small lead. Tech was able to make a strong comeback in the fifth inning and put seven runs on the board. Multiple good at-bats and a home run by Jessica Williams, senior from DeQueen, gave them this prominent lead. Southern Arkansas lessened their losing gap with a three-run home run, but stayed at 7-5. Both teams scored one more run by the end of the game, granting the Suns an 8-7 victory. The second game did not go as well for the Golden Suns. Southern Arkansas was first to put a run on the board in the first inning. Brady Bassler, sophomore from Lansing, Kansas, pitched for Tech, while the next four innings remained quiet. An active sixth inning for Southern Arkansas brought their final score to 6-0. The Golden Suns were able to redeem themselves in the final game. Brooke Prewitt, redshirt senior from Cliburne, Texas, crossed the plate first for Tech in the first inning. Tech was able to score another run in the third and sixth inning, while Southern Arkansas only managed one run in the fourth inning, giving Tech a 3-1 win. Well, we've done it. We have somehow survived another school year, and although we faced a lot of challenges, we overcame them, and in doing so, we not only growed as individuals, but have learned and gained skills that we can use in our future careers. I'm proud of all of us here at Tech, and especially thankful for you guys listening. This radio show has been something that has allowed me to not only try my hand at something new, but refine my skills, and while it is a little rough around the edges, know that I appreciate every one of you listeners out there. And with that, this has been the Architect Introspect on 91.9 KXRJ. For more information on any of the stories you've heard in today's broadcast, please visit our website at architectnews.com. Also, if you want to listen to any of our previous episodes or listen to this one again, make sure to check out our Spotify at The Architect Introspect. The music of today's broadcast was provided by C418 and is called Stall. I look forward to returning next year as radio manager, and I hope to see you there. This is AJ Schaff, Radio Manager, signing off. See you in the fall semester.